Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I am going to be talking about the NFL offseason that includes uh, NFL free agency and everything that's happened in the NFL offseason. A lot of a lot of crazy stuff has happened in the NFL the last about the last couple of weeks or so. Um, so I want to talk about it. It's been about two weeks, I believe, since I've released a podcast, and I want to apologize about that. Last week, I was really sick. I wasn't feeling well at all. My voice was shot, and I just wasn't able to record a podcast. So I'm sorry about that. A lot of the things that I'm going to be talking about in this episode are old news, but I really want to talk about it, and this is really the first day that I've been able to talk about it. So we're doing it in this episode. But I'm really excited about all the topics I have prepared today, and I think y'all will really enjoy this episode of the podcast. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it, starting off with my first topic, which is the Carolina Panthers trading up with the Chicago Bears for the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Let me get a, a sip of water real quick, and then we'll dive right in. So, a few weeks ago... Um, the Carolina Panthers traded the ninth pick in this year's draft, a second rounder this year, which is pick number 61, a 2024 first round pick, a 2025 second round pick, and wide receiver DJ Moore to the Chicago Bears for the first pick. This is a lot. This is a massive haul for the, for the Chicago Bears. They, they stay in the top 10 of this year's draft. They get some added draft capital this year next year, and in 2025, and they get a really good wideout in DJ Moore, who will be a great target for their young quarterback, Justin Fields. That's just a lot for them. Like, I did not expect the Chicago Bears to get this much in a trade involving the number one overall pick, and I think it's really interesting that they traded back to number nine. We've known for a while that they wanted to trade the number one overall pick, but we didn't know if they were going to trade back to number two um, with the Houston Texans. We didn't know if they were going to trade back to number four with the Indianapolis Colts. And we didn't know if they were going to trade all the way back to number nine with the Carolina Panthers, which is what they ended up doing. And a reason why we didn't know how far back they were going to trade is because we knew that if they traded outside of the top four, they were not going to be able to get one of the top defenders in this year in this year's draft in Will, Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter. Now, I think the reason they were they they decided to trade outside of the top four is because Jalen Carter has had a lot of off the field issues this offseason leading up to the NFL draft. Um, I don't know if y'all remember, but a few months ago, after Georgia won the national championship, a, a one of their players along with one of their staff members, passed away in a car crash. And around around the NFL Combine, when everyone was in Indian, Indianapolis, it came out that Jalen Carter was involved. He was involved in the accident, and he had lied to police about his involvement with the accident. It turns out that he and the female staff member um, for the Bulldogs, they were racing in Athens. The woman crashed. She ended up passing away. And Jalen Carter was there, but he lied to the police about him being there. He said he wasn't there. Turns out he was. Everything's been resolved. Um, he has to pay a fine, um, and he has like 80 hours of community service. Um, but that was a major issue. And then um, after that, at George's Pro Day, Jalen Carter shows up nine pounds heavier than he was at the Combine. 
and he wasn't able to complete the drills. Now, this trade went down before George's Pro Day, so the Bears didn't know about that when they made this trade, but that just adds on, adds to like the legal issues, and now his draft stock is up in the air. We don't know if he's going to go top five. We don't know if he's going to even go in the top ten anymore. He could fall, fall outside the top ten. Um, but I think it was pretty clear that the Bears decided, after all all of his legal issues came out, I think they decided then that they were no longer interested in him. Um, and I think that they decided that this package was just too much um, to stay in the top four and get Will Anderson Jr. Like, I think they were like, this is a crazy package. Like, we did not expect to get this. Um, so we're going to make this trade, go back to nine. Um, and I think that's an awesome deal. Like, you know, the draft is, you have to get lucky with your picks. Like, you can't be too confident in your evaluation. Um, and I, I think Jalen Carter is an awesome player. I think he is probably the best player in the draft. Um, but with his off the field issues, I, I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't feel comfortable drafting him. Um, and I like Will Anderson Jr., but I don't think he is like a blue chip prospect. Um, and I don't think he is worth giving up this package. Like, I, I would take this package the Bears got over Will Anderson Jr. any day of the week. This is just so much. Um, so I think this is a, a clear win for the Bears. I love this package for them. It gives them a top 10 pick in this year's draft. They stay inside the top 10. They get more draft capital for this year, next year, and the year after that. And they get a really good receiver in DJ Moore. I know DJ Moore isn't like a top-end elite wide receiver, but he's still a mid-level or a low-end wide receiver one. And he is, in my opinion, by far the best receiver the Bears have now. Um, so I think that is a massive win for the Bears here. And for the Panthers, it's clear that they are going after a quarterback. Um, and I think that they I think it's clear they have somebody that they really like that they believe can be their franchise quarterback and can be one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. Um, and I don't think you would do this trade if you didn't believe that about one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft. And, and I get that. Like, I get that if the Panthers love one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft, they have to go get them. They can't wait on them. And I get that idea. But in my opinion, none of the quarterbacks in this year's draft are worth that haul. I like some of the guys in this year's draft. I really like Bryce Young. I really like C.J. Stroud. And I really like Anthony Richardson. I kind of like Will Levis. Not this high. Um, but the top three are guys I would consider taking in the top ten. Um, they're guys I would consider taking really high. But they're not guys I would trade all of this for. This is a package that I would have done for like Trevor Lawrence. Um, and for a prospect like that, not a, a package I would have traded for Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Um, now I'm not—I don't want to be too critical of the Carolina Panthers here because I like there's a chance that one of these guys, that one of these quarterback prospects, does turn into one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and then this trade works out. So I get that. I just think that the odds are low for that. And because of that, I don't think this was the best trade. And I think, like, looking... <laughs> excuse me. I think, like, looking at the bigger picture, the Panthers have made some really questionable decisions over the years that have led to this trade. 
starting off with like the 2021 draft. In 2021, they had a chance to draft Justin Fields, and they didn't. They passed on him and took J.C. Horn instead. And I loved J.C. Horn coming out, and I think he's really good. But there's no chance that I would have ever drafted him over Justin Fields. Justin Fields coming out was an elite quarterback prospect. Would have been the number one overall pick in most drafts. Obviously, he was in a draft class with Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, um, Trey Lance, and Matt Jones. A stacked quarterback class. So he didn't go number one. Didn't even go in the top ten. Which was really stupid, but like he didn't go top ten. That wasn't because he was a bad prospect. No, he was a fantastic prospect, and anyone who covered that draft will tell you that. He was a stud at Ohio State, and in my opinion, he is a good amount better than any of the quarterback prospects in this year's draft. So I think that was a mistake. And then this year, leading up to the draft, um, this season they traded Christian McCaffrey, their running back, and then in this trade, they trade DJ Moore, um, as part of the deal to get their rookie quarterback, leaving them with not a lot of talent offensively. Um, let's look at their depth chart real quick. Let me pull it up. And their de- their roster isn't... It, it could be worse. It could be worse. But it's still not great. Right now, their receivers are Terrace Marshall Jr., LaVisca Chenault. They did sign Adam Phelan, um, which is a nice pickup. Their offensive line is okay. Um, they have Hayden Hurst. Um, they signed Miles Sanders, so it has gotten a little bit better, uh, but at the time that this deal was made, it was looking rough, and I still think it's not great, um, and I think that if they would have just drafted Justin Fields in 2021, they could still have him, DJ Moore, and Christian McCaffrey, and that, and they would have been in a better position than where they are now, where they traded up. Um, for a guy, and no matter who, no matter who it is, like, I don't really care who they draft, as long as they don't draft Will Levis, like, I think if they draft CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or Anthony Richardson, no matter who it is, I'll be okay with it, um, but I still think all of them are going into a situation that isn't amazing, um, and it'll be kind of hard for any of them to hit, um, with the way that the Panthers roster is set up, because they don't have great receivers, um, and they really don't have great receiving talent across the board on, in their offense. Um, so this is just a, an interesting trade for the Panthers, and I think it look it looks bad when you you know zoom out and look at the bigger picture and look at everything they've done um, this season, this offseason, and going back to the 2021 draft when they decided not to draft a quarterback. I think that was a mistake. Um, and it's led to this, where now, you know, you've lost Christian McCaffrey, you've lost DJ Moore, you've traded all this draft capital for a quarterback prospect um, in a draft where I don't think there is an elite quarterback prospect. I think they're all very good, and I, I like a lot of them, and I think they're all way better than the quarterbacks from last year's draft. But I don't, I'm not in love with them, and I don't think they, any of the quarterback prospects in this year's draft are worth that haul. Um, now, obviously, I, I don't want to be too confident in my evaluation of these quarterback prospects, so I do I do think that there's a chance this trade works out for the Panthers, and I get why they're taking this swing for a quarterback. I get it. I understand. Um, I just think the odds of the of any of these quarterbacks turning into, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league 
um, isn't that high. Um, and I think they would have been better off years ago just taking Justin Fields at number seven when they had the chance. But um, like I said, love this trade for the Bears. I'm iffy on it for the Panthers. I think it could work out, uh, but I think the odds of it working out are a bit low. Um, and I and I just I don't love it. Um, I'm just not in love with any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft, and I don't love any of them enough to trade this much for them. But it could work out, and I'm interested to see how this works out for the Carolina Panthers. All right, next up, I want to talk about the Giants, who um, who agreed to a contract extension with their quarterback Daniel Jones. This has been a massive thing this offseason. Um, you know, there was talk about, are the Giants going to be able to come to an agreement with Daniel Jones? Are they going to let him walk? Are they going to franchise tag him? And they were able to come to an agreement with Daniel Jones, and they agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract extension. And that looks big, um, and it is, but the contract isn't quite like that. It's a little bit different, and I'll go into all the details. So, um, the contract includes a $36 million signing bonus. It also includes $81 million guaranteed at signing, um, which is, you know, not bad. Um, and it includes, I believe, $92 million guaranteed total. There is a potential out in 2025 after the 2024 season. Um, and if the Giants decide to, like, cut Daniel Jones at that point... Um, they would have a, a an $18 million dead cap hit, um, which isn't, like, terrible. It's not, like, great, but it's not terrible. They can take that on. Um, so although this is, this is a four-year, $160 million contract, it could end up being a two-year deal worth $81 million total. Um, now, I don't love this deal because I'm not a huge Daniel Jones fan. Um, I get why people like Daniel Jones. He just had his best season to date. Um, just had the best season of his career. The Giants made the playoffs. Um, and Daniel Jones has showed that he can run an offense well. Um, he can, he, he's improved in terms of li- limiting turnovers. Um, and, and he's a good runner. He's one of the best running quarterbacks in the, in the NFL. And that's great. But here's why I think everything he did this year and everything the Giants did this year is overrated. Daniel Jones this season ranked about 30th among quarterbacks in pass attempts per game. So he wasn't throwing the ball a ton. Um, And that's one reason why he was able to limit turnovers. It's because the Giants just were not asking him to do a lot. And that's not all on Daniel Jones. I think saying that that is all on Daniel Jones and that the reason why they're throwing the ball less is because he sucks. I think saying that is unfair. Part of it is because the Giants' offense was terrible. Like, their roster just wasn't very good this year. They don't have a lot of talent at receiver, um, and and they didn't have a lot of talent at tight end. Like, they just didn't have a lot of receiving talent, and they didn't have a lot of guys for Daniel Jones to throw to. to. Um, And I think that Brian Dable realized that. He recognized that, um, and he recognized that that was a major weakness for this team. So he decided we're going to run the ball a lot. Um, we're going to limit possessions and try to win that way. And it worked out. Um, and, and I think that the Giants making the playoffs is really overrated. 
Um, the Giants got really lucky this year with one-possession games. They had a, a ton of one-possession games this season, and they won a lot of them. Um, and, and they won so many that the fact that they won so many is probably based on luck rather than them actually being a good team. Um, they also got really lucky with things like turnovers, um, stuff like that. So a big reason why they were able to slide into the playoffs this year is because of luck. Um, I don't think this team was great this year. I think their roster is pretty bad. Um, but I think that the way they ran their offense um, put themselves in a position where they could get lucky in one possession games. Um, and it worked out. They were able to make the playoffs. They beat the Vikings, which was a, a nice win. They played well. But the the Vikings were another team that I believed was way worse than their record. Um, and so you had two teams who were, you know, kind of fraudulent going head-to-head. The Giants won. But then they played the Eagles. And just, I'm going to be blunt, the Eagles destroyed them. Waxed the floor with the Giants. Um, it was a total mismatch. And I think the Giants kind of, like, they're kind of overreacting to what they did last year. Um, they're saying, we know what Daniel Jones can be in this offense. We know the floor. Um, and we like it enough to give them a deal. But I think the fact that they gave themselves an out after two years shows that they really aren't that confident in Daniel Jones. Um, and I think they realized that there probably weren't going to be many better options out there uh, besides Daniel Jones. And so they just decided to do this deal. But Daniel Jones just straight up isn't worth $40 million a year, even for just two years. Um, and I don't think the roster is quite good enough um, to be consistently making the playoffs. Like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Giants missed the playoffs next year. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. And that's not really, like, although I'm lower on Daniel Jones, it isn't just because of Daniel Jones. The roster just really isn't good. Um, it's a pretty weak roster here that we're looking at. Um, and I just, like, I think for them to make the playoffs year in and year out, they would have to continue getting lucky. And eventually their luck is going to run out. Um, and so because of that, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs this year. And I just want to say, shout out to Daniel Jones, secure the bag. Like, none of this is a personal thing with Daniel Jones. It's all football. But shout out to him for getting this contract. Like, a year ago, before last season, I, I thought that there was no chance he was going to get a big contract like this. And then, he played fairly, fairly well last year. Um, I think his performance was a bit overrated, but he still played fairly fairly well. He ran the ball extremely well, limited turnovers, which was nice. The Giants had a really good run game, um, and then he was he was signing this this really nice deal. So shout out to him and shout out to his agent. They did a they did a nice job getting this contract. But for the Giants, I just don't love this deal. Um, I think it kind of handicaps them and and it limits their ceiling. If I were them. I would have been all in on Lamar Jackson, um, which we're going to talk about in a minute. I would have been all in on Lamar, or I would have drafted a rookie in the later rounds. I would have been interested in a guy like Hendon Hooker, or I would have been trading everything to go get a quarterback that I like, like 
Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, and Bryce Young. If I were the Giants, I would have been really interested in Anthony Richardson, who I think could be an upgraded version of Daniel Jones because he's such a good runner. He is a bit raw as a passer right now, but if he develops, Anthony Richardson is going to be really freaking good. Um, and I think he would have been a smarter investment than Daniel Jones. Even if the chance that he that he hits is low, I still would have been more interested in drafting him than signing Daniel Jones to a long-term deal. Uh, but yeah, this is a really interesting contract. The fact that the Giants can, can get out after two years is interesting. Um, but still, don't love this contract. I would have gone elsewhere. And um, I totally understand that going elsewhere, like going with a rookie quarterback, if you went that route, probably made you worse short-term. Um, but I, but I don't really care because I don't think the Giants roster is that good anyway. Um, so I think their ceiling was pretty limited with the roster, um, looking, looking like the way it is. Um, so I would have been fine with that. I would have been fine, um, if it guaranteed, if getting a rookie guaranteed that I missed the playoffs, I would have been okay with that. Uh, but the Giants were obviously not okay with that. They wanted to continue doing what they did last year. Um, and I'm hope I hope they're able to do that, but I do think there's a chance that they miss the playoffs next year. And if they do, that would really suck because they extended Daniel Jones. They also gave they also franchise tagged Saquon Barkley, um, and they traded for Darren Waller. So they are all in on being competitive right now. Um, so I really hope for their sake that they make the playoffs again. But yeah, those are my thoughts on the Daniel Jones contract. Alright, next up, next up, let's talk about the Lamar Jackson situation, which has been freaking insane. So, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens have been, you know, they've been involved in contract negotiations for a while now, for a very long time. Um, <clears throat> and their contract negotiations went all the way until they were forced to either sign a long-term deal or the Ravens could franchise tag Lamar. And the Ravens decided they were going to franchise tag Lamar. But they did something very interesting. The Ravens placed a non-exclusive tag on Lamar, allowing him to negotiate with other teams. But the Ravens could match any deal he got um, or or they could decline, decide not to match it, and they would get two first-rounders in return. Um, I've, I've never seen this before um, in my time watching the NFL. Um, this is something I've never seen. Um, but that's an interesting move by the Ravens. And, and a reason why the Ravens and Lamar couldn't come to an agreement on a long-term deal is, like, Lamar is asking for a lot of money. He's asking for a long-term deal that with a lot of guaranteed money. Because he, he wants a deal that is similar to what Deshaun Watson got. And the Ravens are just n not interested in signing a deal like that. And I get it. Like, I... I <coughs> excuse me. I understand why they're not interested in signing Lamar to a deal like that. Because, um, and, I'll, and I'll get into that later... Um, and so that's why they're not, they weren't able to go, to agree on a long-term contract. Um, but something weird happened. Once the Ravens, you know, placed a non-exclusive tag on Lamar 
a bunch of teams came out immediately, like immediately after it happened, and announced that they were not interested in him, which is really weird. Now, I get it for some teams. I get why some teams are not interested. I think if you're going to take on Lamar and, you know, sign him to a long-term deal and trade two first-rounders for him, if you're going to do that, I think your roster has to be in a position to contend. And there are some teams who could have been interested who don't fit that description, like the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm a Falcons fan, and, like, if we don't get Lamar— I'm okay with it. I get it. Because I think there's a, a cap on our ceiling with Lamar. Um, that is, And I think our ceiling is lower than the Ravens' ceiling with Lamar. Because we just, like, we don't have a ton of talent at receiver. We do have Jake London. We have Kyle Pitts. Um, but outside of that, we don't have much. Our defense is horrendous. So I get why we weren't interested. But there, there are, like, there are some teams that I think should have been all in on Lamar. Like potentially the Giants, definitely the Lions, definitely the Vikings, definitely the Jets, definitely the Dolphins, all of these teams who are potential contenders with Lamar should have been all in on him. They should have been like running to the phones to try to make a deal for Lamar. And these teams just weren't interested, which is really weird. And a lot of people have talked about this idea that NFL owners are colluding against Lamar so he doesn't get a long-term deal with a lot of guaranteed money. Some people may think that's crazy. I, for one, do not. And <clears throat> I'm not I'm not claiming that teams are colluding against Lamar, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. And with a bunch of teams announcing they aren't interested in Lamar, immediately after he gets the non-exclusive tag... It's fishy. You've got to admit, it's fishy. Because Lamar is really good. And I get why teams may be wary about, about you know, signing him to a long-term deal and giving up two first-rounders for him because his, por- his performance has declined since 2019. He has a consistent injury history. And his playoff performance just hasn't been that good. But he's still a phenomenal quarterback extremely talented. He carries that Ravens offense every year. Like the re- the reason the Ravens offense has been as, has been as good as it's been with Lamar is because of Lamar Jackson. Because without him, that offense sucks. Like last year, that offense took a nosedive when Lamar got injured. And the reason why is because Lamar J- Jackson is freaking awesome. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And people can say that he can't throw the ball. They're full of crap. He showed it in 2019. He is a capable passer who has played with limited receiving talent for his entire career. And he he has had so much put on his plate in Baltimore. Like, no, like, no, like, no duh, his performances fell off. He played at such a high level in 2019 that anything he did after that was probably going to be worse. He was that good in 2019. And I think that if he goes to a team with a lot of talent around him, with a good defense, that that team can win a Super Bowl. I believe that. Um, Like, I think if he would have gone to Miami, oh my gosh, that team would have been awesome. Like, imagine Lamar Jackson with that coaching staff, with with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. Like, oh my gosh, that offense would have been amazing. 
they have made improvements in their defense. They like that team would have been fantastic. Um, and I think the Lions, like I mentioned them, they're another team that should have been all in on Lamar. Like, if they added Lamar and made some improvements to their defense, which they have in free agency, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, like, they would have been one of the better teams in the NFC. And the NFC is pretty open. We have, like, I know you have the Eagles and the 49ers, and on a good day, the Cowboys. But outside of that, the NFC is wide open. So, I, I think if the Lions would have added Lamar to that offense, and now they got... um. You know, they got um, DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery. You add some receiving talent. You improve on that defense over the next couple of years. Like, you're looking at a pretty good team. And a team that I think can win that division now that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be gone. So, I think the Lions are another team that should have been interested. There are a good number of teams that should have been, like, all in on Lamar that weren't. And I don't understand why. For some teams, I don't think adding Lamar made sense. Um, like the Falcons, I just don't think their roster is in, is in a position to make this kind of investment in a in a quarterback like Lamar. Um, but some teams should have been like extremely interested, and the fact that they weren't is really odd and fishy. And I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out that NFL owners were colluding against Lamar so, so that um, he didn't, you know kind of shake up the, the quarterback market even more by getting a long-term deal with a ton of guaranteed money. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with him moving forward, but that situation is wild. All right, <clears throat> now let's talk about NFL free agency and kind of kind of review everything that has happened in free agency so far. So there are a few teams I want to talk about. Let's start off with the Bills. And I gotta pull up this website, because um, the Bills have done done some pretty interesting things in free agency. Starting off with signing Damian Harris, they signed him to a one year deal. They add a, a good running back in Harris, which I really like. Um, so I think that signing takes a running back off the board for them at pick number twenty seven in this year's draft. Um, but they also made some other big moves. They re-signed Matt Milano, who was a super underrated linebacker, signed him to a two-year extension through 2026, um, and they signed safety Jordan Poyer to a two-year deal. Great move. Poyer's awesome. Um, I love those moves, Extend uh, re-signing those guys, and then adding Damian Harris. I like those moves a lot. Um, next up, I want to talk about the Dolphins, who did some nice things. They brought back all their running backs, um, re-signed Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson. Um, they also uh, signed Dave, linebacker David Long to a two-year, $11 million deal, and they made a massive trade, um, trading a third-round pick and tied in Hunter Long to the Los Angeles Rams for cornerback Jalen Ramsey. This is an awesome move. That's a huge addition to their defense. Jalen Ramsey, one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL. He is getting up there in age, but trading a third-round tight end and a tight end who didn't really matter for your team and getting one of the top cornerbacks in return is awesome. I love that move for the Dolphins, and I think that helps them out a lot. I love that move for them. 
Next up, I want to talk about the Patriots. I know I'm talking about a lot of AFC East teams, but a lot of them made some really interesting moves in free agency. Um, the Patriots got a lot of receiving talent and a lot of offensive talent. They signed James Robinson to a two-year deal, a two-year deal worth up, up to eight million dollars. They also got wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster from the Chiefs. Signed him to a three-year, $25.5 million deal worth up to uh, $33 million in, in incentives. Um, and, and that contract uh, includes $16 million guaranteed. They also signed uh, tight end Mike Jacecki from the Dolphins to a one-year deal worth $4.5 million. Um, they signed Riley Reeve. Um made some other moves, signed linebacker Raekwon McMillan, signed linebacker Mac Wilson, um, re-signed him, re-signed both of those, both of those players, then they re-signed Jonathan Jones, um, Jabril Peppers, um, they agreed to terms with Jalen Mills on a revised one-year deal, so they made, they made a lot of moves on both sides of the ball, uh, re-signed a lot of guys on their defense, then added a lot of talent offensively, um, which I like for them. I think they made some nice moves. Um, and, you know, they needed to add to their offense. Um, they just didn't have a lot of off- offensive talent last year. And so I think the moves they made they made so far really improved their offense, um, which I like. All right, now let's move on and talk about who's the next team I got up. Um, the Cowboys. So the Cowboys have made some interesting moves. Let me go and find them real quick. Um, they let go of Zeke. Um, I, I'm not sure if they let him go yet, uh, but they will let him go by, I believe, June 1st to save cap. Um, and they signed Ron, Ronald Jones, running back, and they gave Tony running back Tony Pollard the non-exclusive franchise tag. Um, they also traded for Brandon Cooks, wide receiver for the Houston Texans, traded a 2023 fifth-round pick and a 2024 sixth-round pick for him. I think that is an awesome deal. They needed to add to their receiving core, and Brandon Cooks is an awesome addition. Um, They just needed guys who could create separation. Cooks can do that. He's been productive everywhere he's been throughout his career. I love that trade for them. But they also re-signed some guys. They re-signed Dante Fowler Jr., and Leighton Vander Esch, and they traded for Stephon Gilmore. Um, they traded a 2023 fifth-round compensatory pick uh, for Stephon Gilmore, adding to that secondary, and they re-signed safety Donovan Wilson. So some some nice moves from the Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> nothing like nothing wild, um, but some really nice additions to their roster. I like that. I like the moves they've made. All right, now let's talk about the Eagles. And man, the Eagles are killing it in free agency. They signed Marcus Mariota to a one-year deal. He'll be a great backup um, behind Jalen Hurts. I love that deal. They also added running back Rashad Penny, um, who signed a, they signed him to a one-year $1.35 million deal, which is wild. Rashad Penny is one of the better runners in the league. He's going to be awesome behind that Eagles offensive line. They also re-signed running back Boston Scott. Solid deal. Um, Jason Kelsey is coming back. Um, they gave him a one-year $14.25 million deal. That's awesome. They re-signed Fletcher Cox. They re-signed Brandon Graham. Um, they signed James Bradbury to a three-year $38 million, million contract. Um, they also brought back Darius Slay. Uh, who they signed to a three-year, $42 million deal, so they got their two top cornerbacks back, 
They also added Greedy Williams and Justin Evans to their secondary. I think they are killing it in free agency. I love some of the moves they've made. Shout out to Philly. Next up, I want to talk about the Bears, who have been extremely active in free agency. They agreed to a two-year deal with P.J. Walker, who will be a solid backup behind Justin Fields. Um, they have similar play styles, so I like that for them. They signed Deontay Foreman to a one-year deal worth $3 million. Um, they also signed Travis Homer, running back, to a two-year deal. Um, they added those guys after David Montgomery left. Um, they also signed Robert Tunyon, uh, tied in from, from the Packers. They signed Nate Davis to a three-year, $30 million deal. He's a guard. Um, then they made a lot of additions to their linebacking core, signing Tremaine Edmonds, who was a linebacker for the Bills. They signed him to a four-year, $72 million contract, and they signed linebacker TJ Edwards from the Eagles. They signed him to a three-year, $19.5 million deal. Um, interesting decision there after they decided to let Roquan Smith go, uh, during the regular season, um, they replaced him with Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, um, interesting move, we'll see how that plays out, I know a lot of people didn't love that decision, but we'll see how it works out, I just thought it was super interesting how active the Bears were in, in, in free agency, um, and you know, of course, they made that big move, trading the number one overall pick, um, and they were able to add DJ Moore through that. So that's a big addition to their roster. But shout out to the Bears for being active in free agency. They are not wasting their money. Um, then we got the Lions. Uh, they signed running back David Montgomery, signed him to a three-year, $18 million deal. I like that, pairing him up with, um, with oh my gosh, I forgot his name, DeAndre Swift. I almost called him Devontae Smith. Uh, but they're they're pairing up David Montgomery with DeAndre Swift. I like that a lot. I think that makes their run game uh, like even better than it was before. Um, and I like I like replacing Jamal Williams with a guy like David David Montgomery, who was really good. Um, they also signed Graham Glasgow. I like that. Um, they re-signed some defensive linemen like Isaiah Bugs, John Kaminsky. Um, they signed some corners. Signed Emmanuel Mosley and Cameron Sutton. Um, they signed Cameron Sutton to a three-year, $33 million deal. Um, but they weren't done adding to their secondary. They signed safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson from the Eagles. Signed him to a one-year, $8 million deal. Um, they also added safety C.J. Moore and defensive back, well, Harris. But they've been super active in free agency. Um, they've been trying to improve their defense. And they made a big addition um, adding running back David Montgomery to their running back room. I liked that move a lot. Um, let's see. I'm scrolling down. One thing I want to mention is the Vikings getting cornered Byron Murphy. They signed him to a two-year, $22 million deal. I like that contract a lot. Um, and I think that makes their secondary better. I like that. They also agreed to a deal with edge rusher Marcus Davenport. <clears throat> they signed him to a one-year, $13 million deal. Their defense was really bad last year. Um, so I, I think it's clear that they're trying to improve that, um, adding edge rusher Davenport and cornerback Byron Murphy. Um, those are some nice signings. Um, next up, I wanted to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, um, who have been super active in free agency. They had a lot of, a lot of cap room and they were using it. Um, they re-signed offensive tackle Caleb McGarry and guard Chris Lindstrom. Those guys had career years last year. Um, they had to bring them back, and they did. As a Falcons fan, 
I loved that. <clears throat> they also added tight end Jonu Smith. They acquired him in a trade with the Patriots. The Falcons traded a 2023 seventh round pick for him, um, pairing him up with Kyle Pitts. They also signed wide receiver Matt Collins to a one-year $2.5 million deal. That is an um, interesting move. And get, it makes the Falcons receiving core really big. Now they have a ton of big weapons. Um, so I like that. Uh, a really interesting move the Falcons made was signing qu- quarterback Taylor Heineke to a two-year deal worth up to $20 million. That's a lot of money for a backup quarterback. And makes me wonder if Taylor Heineke is going to be competing for the starting job. I know Desmond Ritter is supposed to be the guy there in Atlanta. But signing Taylor Heineke to a deal this big is really, really interesting. Um, that's just a lot of money. It makes me wonder, huh, is Heineke going to be competing for the starting job? It'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, they made some other moves. They signed defensive lineman David Onyemata from the Saints, signed him to a three-year, $35 million deal. Um, they signed Mike Hughes, a cornerback from the Vikings. They just signed him like recently. Then they signed safety Jesse Bates, signed him to a four-year, $64 million contract. Big deal. Jesse Bates hasn't played as well um, recently as he did in 2019, but he's still a very talented safety, um, and he will improve our secondary a lot. Um, So I like that deal. And that's basically all the Falcons did, or all that I want to talk about. They've been very active in free agency, which is cool to see. Um, Then lastly... <clears throat> I want to talk about the Panthers because they made a lot of additions to their team, uh, which I mentioned earlier when I talked about them trading up for the first pick. First, they signed Andy, Andy Dalton, quarterback, to a two-year, $11 million deal. And can, with his play style, it makes me think that they're probably going to go for a pocket passer in the draft, like C.J. Shroud. He fits that mold. Um, if they sign like a more mobile quarterback to be their backup, I would think, huh, maybe they're, they're going after a mobile guy like Anthony Richardson. But the fact that they signed Andy Dalton, um, you know, you know, a lot of teams with their backups, they like to have continue like continuity with their play styles. Um, so I think with them signing Andy Dalton, they probably want someone who is more of a pocket passer at starter uh, with their rookie quarterback. So that makes me think maybe CJ Stroud is the guy. Um, they also signed running back Miles Sanders. They agreed to a four-year, $25 million deal, which is big for them. Um, they signed wide receiver Adam Thielen to a three-year, $25 million deal. They signed Hayden Hurst to a three-year, $21.75 million deal, adding a lot of weapons to their offense uh, for their uh, rookie quarterback, which I like. I like, the, I like that they're being active and adding offensive weapons for their rookie quarterback. Teams should do this when they're about to draft a rookie quarterback. I like that a lot. They also signed safety Von Bell. Um, and there were some um, big quarterback deals that were made this offseason, like Derek Carr signing a four-year, $150 million deal with the Saints. Um, I kind of like that uh, for them. Um, like it, That probably means they're going to win the division next year. Because Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the division, in my opinion. I think this um, increases their odds of winning the division. Now, I will say, Derek Carr did have a down year last year. And he was probably worse than Andy Dalton 
um, who they let go and who just signed a really who signed a two year eleven million dollar deal with the Panthers. But Derek Carr's really good, really talented. That team's got a lot of talent. They um, they brought back Michael wide receiver Michael Thomas. They signed running back Jamal Williams to a three year twelve million million dollar deal. They brought back Jawan Johnson, who's a tight end. Um, so I kind of like um, getting Derek Carr. That is a big deal. Um, and the fact that they signed him right after he had uh, one of the worst years he's had in a, in a while um, kind of is iffy. But this contract could work out. We'll see. Um, another deal I wanted to talk about was the Buccaneers getting quarterback Baker Mayfield. They signed him to a one-year deal worth up to $8.5 million. I like that a lot. It's low risk. Um, and Baker kind of played well for the Rams at some points last year. Um, I like that. I don't know if he'll start over um, Kyle Trask. That'll just depend on how much the Buccaneers like Trask. But I do like that deal, even if he's a backup. And then another deal I wanted to talk about was the Raiders getting Jimmy Garoppolo. They signed him to a three-year deal worth uh, $72.75 million. They lost Derek Carr, but replaced him with Jimmy G. Um, <clears throat> and that's not a bad deal for Jimmy G. I kind of like that. Not a bad contract. Um, and they also added some um, offensive skill positions like Austin Hooper, um, tight end, tight end O.J. Howard, wide receiver Philip Dorsett, wide receiver Jacoby Myers. So they've been very active in free agency on both sides of the ball. Shout out to them. And then one last thing I want to talk about is the Aaron Rodgers situation. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to be, is going to end up being traded to the, um, to the Jets. Um, that deal has not happened yet. It sounds like they're both teams, the Packers and the Jets are trying to figure out the trade compensation, but that's something that could happen. Um, and if it does, I think the Jets are now one of the better teams in the AFC. And I, I and I will be really interested in seeing how well they play this season once they're able to complete that deal. Um, but I like that a lot for both teams. I'm ready to see Jordan Love play for the Packers. I'm excited to see what he has um, and how good he, he is. And how, and how much he's developed sitting behind Aaron, Aaron Rodgers all these years. And I'm interested to see what the Jets look like with Rodgers. Because they have a really good roster. Um, if you haven't checked their roster out in a while, go look at it. Go look at their depth chart. Their team is a lot better than you think. Um, and I think they could be really good with Aaron Rodgers. One more signing I wanted to mention. I forgot that I had written this down. Um, and this is a move I, I like a lot. <coughs> And that is the 49ers. Um, let me get back here. Um, it's the 49ers signing defensive tackle Javon Hargrave from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I like that move a lot. They replace um, Javon Kenlaw with Javon Hargrave. Uh, they signed Hargrave to a four-year, $84 million deal. I like Hargrave a lot. He was... I don't, I don't know if he was the top defensive tackle available on the market. I think he was. Well, that is an awesome signing for him, for them. Another interesting move the 49ers made um, was they signed quarterback Sam Darnold. And I forgot about this. I'm glad, I'm glad I saw that. They signed Darnold to a one-year deal uh, with a base value of $4.5 million, and it includes $3.5 million guaranteed. Interesting move. Um, I like that. I think he could be good uh, with San Fran if he plays, 
you know, their quarterback situation is up in the air right now. Um, with them losing Jimmy G and Brock Purdy getting hurt in the playoffs and, you know, Trey Lance getting hurt, hurt during the regular season. So I like them bringing in Sam Darnold. That's a nice signing. And it'll be inter- interesting to see what role Darnold plays with San Francisco. But yeah, that's all I have to say regarding NFL free agency. Um, a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks. I'm excited that I got to cover that. But that's it for this for this episode of the podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed it. If you want to see more content from me, check out my website at thewiresports.com. And you can follow me on social media at the Ryan McCrary. That's the R-Y-A-N-M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. That is my handle for both Instagram and Twitter. Um, but yeah, I hope y'all enjoyed the podcast. And I will see y'all next time. Peace.